Exacto. Welcome, fuckwads, to another episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Episode, maybe 381? I don't know. I've lost track of how many of these fucking things we've done so far. Today, we got a gigantic fucking steaming pile of shit to talk about with you guys. So, of course, I can't tackle this shit sandwich alone with me, as always, as he was yesterday. Jason is here. Not biblically, but I'm with you over Skype. But um, yeah, this is uh, you got to work on those intros. That's uh, oh. all right. You, know, you, you well, call you call the listeners fuckwads right off the bat. Uh, we're off to we're off on the bad foot right off the bat. I suppose. I suppose. Well, um, you may have been not been with me biblically, but you definitely were with me Greekly. And also joining us this time because we can't do this shit by ourselves. Sal is here. I have returned. And I have come back to the show not to get rich, but to get even. All right. I don't know who wronged you, but as I said at the top of the show, this is Rundown Wrestling Podcast, an intentionally offensive wrestling podcast, fuckfaces. So head on over to rundownwrestling.com to tell us how much you hate me, and maybe I'll go away, but probably not. And assuming Potomatic isn't fucked up, you'll be able to listen to our shows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, otherwise, just go ahead and bookmark that shit and come back to it another day. Uh, make sure to check out our, our host section again as we have now linked up our Instagrams there. So you can go over there and see how sad and pathetic our lives are. Except for Sal's, because fuck social media. Yeah. That's right. Uh, and the Rundown Wrestling Podcast also has its very own Instagram, which I will plug later on. It is, of course, Instagram.com slash Rundown Wrestling. So the next time there is a nude leak from a diva, that's where you want to go. You better believe we will be suspended. (laughs) (laughs) So can we just point out real quick, right off the bat, for anybody who uh, had some issues downloading uh, Jeff's Hurry Up and Cruiserweight today on iTunes or, or any other podcasts, catcher that you might use there were some issues this today that were not our fault it was related to uh itunes itself uh it was straightened out and that episode is up and available for your listening pleasure or jerking off pleasure whatever you choose to do if for whatever reason you are still having an issue head on over to rundown wrestling to come and hopefully the other issue that we're having with automatic isn't also preventing you from listening to our great episodes uh because of course that was a decent episode of hurry up and cruiserweight about a shit pile of shit that was 205 Live. 
It's actually a so good here, episode. I actually yeah, watched it this week. I didn't. I, did I didn't. I didn't watch it because Jeff watches it for me. That's true. That's true. That is the benefit. You don't have to watch it. If he tells you it's really good, then you can go check it out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but we had two uh, pay-per-views this past weekend. Uh, we've got another two pay-per-views coming up in two weeks. So we've got a lot of shit to go through. Uh, we won't be doing the Royal Rumble and and TakeOver Phoenix episodes until next week. So let's talk about ROH Honor Reign Supreme. So, of course, we did uh, put in our picks for this. And only about half of those matches had, did we actually make picks because a bunch of other shit got added. Uh, so we're going to run down this pretty quickly here. Uh, there was a third six-man tag team match Ugh. as Cheeseburg- Cheeseburger, Eli Isom, and Ryan Nova took Tyson. on Joe. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> jo- <laughs> Josie Quinn, Corey Hollis, and John Schuyler. Cheeseburger, Eli Watts' Nuts, and Ryan Nova wound up taking the win. Yeah. Uh, Beer City Bruiser lost to Mark Haskins. Now, you might be be, want, be going, hey, Troy, uh, on your most episode of Dishonorable Discharge, didn't you say that Beer City Bruiser was in a feud with Silas Young? Why, yes, he was, gentle listeners, which is exactly why he was in a match with Mark Haskins. Yeah, and, and I'm pretty sure the, bounce, I'm pretty sure the sure. bouncers are now Ring of Honor's version of the revival. Like. Pretty much. We all know they should be pushed more than they are, but they just keep doing stuff like this. Yeah. So um, it might, it, it's been a little bit since I've watched a full Ring of Honor episode, but um, Corey Hollis and John Schuyler, weren't they in NXT last month? Yeah, John Schuyler actually bears a striking resemblance to JT Dunn, um, so much so that John Schuyler was on NXT, and if you went that night to JT Dunn's Facebook page, he was getting a bunch of people congratulating him on being on NXT. <laughs> Nice. And he had to come out and say that wasn't me, guys. Like, ouch. Nice. Uh, the other match that was added to this: Jeff Cobb successfully defended his TV championship on not TV uh, by taking on Shane Taylor, Jonathan Gresham, and Rhett Titus. Well, he took on Jonathan Gresham and Rhett Titus. Uh, Shane yeah, Taylor came true. out and he was like, "Fuck this match. I'm not." So they're going to build to that as being the main program going down. Right. Which, which makes sense. Uh, the other matches that took place that we actually were able to uh, put our picks on, the best friends Trent Beretta and Chuck Taylor took on uh, newly renamed Lifeblood, which is Dave Foley and Juice Robinson. They were originally... Fin Juice. Some... This is huh? much better. They, they were calling them like Fin Juice at the pay-per-view, so Lifeblood <laughs> is much better. Yeah, because they... Yeah. They, they had their, their Japanese tag name beforehand, and then now they're that. Um, but fuck you, Juice, Juice Robinson. Yeah, I, was, I was the only one uh, that actually su- successfully picked F- uh, Finley and Robinson going over. Everyone else picked the best friends. Yeah, stupid us picked the actual tag team. I know, right? Isn't that crazy? See, I know what I'm talking about sometimes. Um, Tracy Williams... Scored an upset victory over Flip Gordon. Well, uh, every single one of us thought Flip was going to uh, to win this one. Well, not so much. Two about two minutes into the match, Gordon went for a drop kick in the corner, and his knee buckled. Yeah, um, it came out. He tried to work through it, but eventually the referee stopped the match. I don't believe this was a scripted thing. Uh, I think he was legitimately hurt, and they had legitimately had to stop the match. So, yeah, yeah. Tracy Williams gets the win, but I don't necessarily know that's the way it was booked to go down. Oh, right. Tracy Williams injured in his own right, of course, with his uh, fucked up shoulder. Yeah. Um, Bandito wound up beating PJ Black. Uh, yeah, about that. Uh, has Bandito even shown up on ROH television yet? No. 
<laughs> no, he has not. Wonderful. Um, me and Jason correctly pick, picked Bandito. Uh, Villain Enterprises made their debut, and they beat Silas Young and the Tag Team Champions of the Briscoes. I stupidly picked the Tag Team Champions to actually win a match. And PCO damn near killed himself in this match, so... Why would he do now? If you're looking... <laughs> just, what didn't he fucking do? He did a somersault right. off the top rope, uh, and they moved off the to the apron, so... You know, which, if you're not aware, is the hardest part of the ring, so... Um, <gasps> Just all, all sorts of shit like that. It was just, he was nuts. And it looked like he was dead, but apparently he's actually came out of it just fine. So uh, That's a shame. Uh, Why is the other Quebecer <laughs> so fucking crazy? Just out of curiosity. You know what, though? Credit him for having this late in, late in his career success, because he Absolutely. sort of became a little bit of an underground darling and parlayed that into a nice big contract with Ring of Honor. So good for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sold on him yet. But we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll see. I'm open to it. Uh, the six-man tag team champions, the Kingdom, successfully beat Shane, Sugar ha- Shane, Hurricane Helms, Delirious, and Luchasaurus. In, in uh, Troy's favorite match of the evening. Yes, of course. Uh, Kelly Klein successfully defended her Women of Honor championship against Jenny Rose. I thought that's it, Kelly shot. Kelly, for a minute, I was going to say. <laughs> I constantly am, like, seconds away from saying that every time I see her name. <laughs> it's uh, it's between that and Killer Kelly as yes, well. That's, that's my the one that goes. See, that's my other one. problem is back, back in the day, there was a pseudo-famous porn star named Kelly Klein, and I just have a hard of time disassociating those two things. <laughs> That's right. But this and was a street course, fight, and these girls were pretty brutal with each other, so it's another one that you, you can go check back out if, you, yeah. if you're into hardcore matches. And it wasn't mm-hmm. going to set the world on fire or anything, but it was for, for a women's hardcore match. It was, you know, K-Power on top of a stack of chairs to, to the finish. <laughs> and the Ring of Honor champion Jay Lethal successfully defended against Dalton Castle. And i got to tell you, this looked like sort of a swan song for Dalton Castle. I don't know contractually where he's at. But even post match, it just had that feel of like this is his his going out moment, and maybe maybe he's NXT bound. Who knows? Now, JB, you saw this match. Dalton Castle versus Velveteen Dream is something that I think you could make some money off of. Oh gosh, what's that, Troy? Just no. just just you saw them, you saw uh, uh, this title match, correct? Yes. I'm assuming these two tore it apart. Of course they did. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. See, that's 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 the one I'll probably go back and check out. Yeah. My only issue, and, and as much as I really love Jay Lethal as a performer, my only problem is the Lethal Injection finisher. It looks like the guy's an idiot. He's just standing there waiting for you to backhand springboard and come get him. It's just a little, like you have to you have to sell it like you're really staggered, and not a lot of guys do that. And it just makes. I was going to say that the right person takes it, then it looks great. You know who used to yeah. take it great was um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Phrasing. No, Jay Briscoe. <laughs> Yes, that's true. Fair enough. Uh, so the final tally, Jeff got three correct, Adam got four correct, me and Jason tied with five correct. So we, we know our ROH. And that's without even knowing half the card. I know, right? Uh, moving right along over the pond to UK NXT TakeOver Blackpool. Uh, the first match of the evening, uh, Travis Banks and J- Jordan Devlin. That was the first to match of the evening. Don't give a fuck. It's the first one on the list. The first match of the uh, evening was the NXT UK Tag Team Championship. Don't care. It's the first one on the list. Well, I can tell Jordan, you what the fucking order was. 
Right. Jordan Devlin wound up beating the shit out of Travis Banks and uh, because he wanted to get an easy win. But instead, they said, ha, 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 no, Finn Balor was going to be facing off against you. Um, so they just put a mirror in the center of the ring, <laughs> and Jordan Devlin just faced himself. No, uh, Finn Balor wound up getting the win over his protege, uh, which, of course... That's exactly inst- how I predicted it. Yeah, exactly. Because so Why didn't you give me the point for that? I said... Travis Banks is going to get beat up by Jordan Devlin. Finn Balor is going to come out as a replacement, yep. and Finn Balor will win the match. Yeah, exactly. Very clearly said that. Go back and listen to the tape. You know what All I liked right. about that match? <laughs> There's no tape. <laughs> is you could collectively hear everybody in that hall come at once when Finn Balor's music hit. Well, you know what it is? I'm watching it, and, and as... Devlin gets on the mic and he goes, I'm the greatest Irish wrestler of all time. And I looked at that. My wife was sitting next to me. I looked at it and I said, this is going to be Balor. Yeah, you were like, there as it is. As soon as he said <laughs> the greatest <laughs> Irish wrestler. Because you knew it wasn't going to be Seamus. He ain't going to fucking show up there. Uh, yeah. I mean, he would have got a pop if he did. but he Yeah, would have got a pop, Becky Lynch. Yeah, oh, yes. That would have been fucking hilarious if she came out there and beat Devlin. The man. Or the man. <laughs> Uh, no, I thought. What'd you guys think of this match? I thought it was good. No, I mean, it was great. I mean, a mirror, mirror image of each other. Yeah, teacher versus student. Devlin. I mean, Finn was very giving to Devlin here. He gave him a lot, obviously, for understandable reasons. Um, I don't think it hurt Devlin at all. Um, the thing I really sort of enjoy, to a degree, sort of like I guess subtext. The thing I enjoy about NXT UK. Um, and this was sort of like the backdrop of Lucha Underground, too, where they were all sort of fighting for their own tribe. Like, these guys are all from different countries in the U.K. and all sort of yeah. rep, trying to represent their country as the best. And I think that adds sort of almost an Olympic element to it that I really sort of dig on top of the fighting for champions stuff, too. It's like Jordan Devlin's trying to uh, – he's the Irish ace, and he's trying to establish himself as – I, and then, you know, Travis Banks is the Kiwi buzzsaw, and he's trying to establish, mm-hmm. like, New Zealand. I think it's just a cool dynamic that not a lot of places have. Even Gallus, you know. They, yeah, exactly. Yep. Representing Scotland, and yep. there's different, like, towns and cities in England Zach that go Gibson, against you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Liverpool's number one. I love yeah. that shit. I really yeah. do. Yeah. There's there's a, um, a much greater sense of, like, respect for one's own city or yeah. one's own territory over there. And they use that to their advantage very, very much so. Mm -hmm. Um, Looks like, do we maybe have somebody joining us? Yes. Oh, That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the big dick himself, Jeff, has arrived. I took a gimmick, (laughs) apparently. That's my gimmick. You you are Mr. Magnum Dong. He is the big dick himself. But I still still bring the big dick energy. So... Well, see, that's different. No, I, I have a big dick, but I have tiny dick energy. Okay. Oh, okay. You have a very you tired dick. Yeah. Yeah, tired um, dick. Yeah. So from all, you, from all uh, those vaccinations you're given. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so um, what did you think of Travis Banks? Nope, sorry. Jordan Devlin versus Finn Balor. <laughs> Jeff. Oh, okay. That's where we're going. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a oh we, we didn't all right not too nope, bad we didn't, didn't miss we nope, we didn't get far at all you just missed the missed us talking uh, about our OH. I did really good in those predictions by the way. <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> as 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 well as these so you guys better just not even predict anymore. Um, no, I thought this was a very solid match. I, I um, Jordan Devlin's promo kind of gave away who was going to come out. I, yeah, I, I called it. Said. 
yeah, as soon as as soon as he started talking and he's like, I'm the best Irishman, I was like, Oh, okay. All right, that's where we're going. <laughs> oh, okay. But got it. <laughs> yeah. No, the match was match was super solid. Um uh obviously Finn Balor was gonna go over here. Well, not obviously, but I, I guess, you know, going into uh Monday he wasn't gonna lose, that's for sure. <laughs> um but it was a it was a good match. These guys are did train together. They have really good chemistry. Um I I liked the match. I liked how it ended. I liked everything about it. All right. Uh, moving right along, we had a no DQ match between Dave Mastiff and Eddie Dennis. Wait, we are um, going to talk about the tag team title match, right? Yes. Next on okay. the fucking rundown sheet. I'm going in order of what it says there. What, is, what does it say underneath Jordan Devlin, Finn Balor, fuck the world? No DQ match. Dave Mastiff beats Eddie Dennis. By the way, hi, everybody. It's Jeff. Hi, Jeff. I approved you. I know. Uh, I didn't say hi, though. Really? No. Uh, Eddie Dennis told him you had low dick energy. Do we really need anything other than that? <laughs> no, we don't really need anything else. Uh, Dave Mastiff, or Eddie Dennis did wind up holding his own in this, in this match, but took a massive fucking hit through a table where Dave Mastiff just threw his entire body on top of him. Yeah. Uh, massive with the win. This dude has the best cannonball in the business. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, uh, But... On paper, I didn't think I was going to like this match. But surprisingly, Eddie Dennis actually looked pretty good. Yeah, just Mastiff got, some, got, some got the gear. win. That's Eddie, well, Eddie. Yeah, his, gear, his gear doesn't match his gangly body, but <laughs> he looked pretty strong. I mean, he he had, like, a couple times he deadlifted fucking... Uh, no, I know. He just like he looks like he, he just got out of fucking high school gym class with his gym shorts <laughs> and his t-shirt on. Like, get some real fucking gear. He's like a fucking trash bagger. Stop that shit. It, but it's it's kind of his gimmick though. That no, he's... that shouldn't be anyone's gimmick in a WWE product. Well, it's NXT. <laughs> anyway, get a pair of pants like Adrian Jowd. God, <laughs> Jowd. Jowd. Learn some um, capoeira. Let's get this shit mm-hmm. done. I remember a couple a couple weeks back. I said I I, I was I liked Eddie Dennis and Jason shit all over me because um, he's awful. So, I don't like him. I don't like um, him. <laughs> I uh, he you know he basically was kind of shitty coming up to this. Uh, but but this match this match was pretty solid. I mean for a no DQ match, I I wasn't all that excited either. I thought maybe they would give the win to Gangly Eddie, but uh, you know. Uh, Obviously, I was really stupid for thinking that. Um, Dave Mastiff does have the best cannonball in the business, as said by Jason. Um, and this is a super solid, super stiff, rough match. And, and Eddie Dennis came out of it looking better than he did going into it. Uh, and I shouldn't say I dislike Eddie Dennis. I mean, the, the reality you already is... already did. My issue, is, my issue with Eddie <laughs> Dennis is that he doesn't look like a monster, and they push him like a monster. Right, just because he's, he's just tall. tall. No, I yeah. get it. Yeah, it just he doesn't fit your typical monster gimmick. Like he, he's, he's his, got a like skinny fat look. Yeah, his look doesn't match the push he's getting. That's my real issue with him. But Mastiff does. But the thing with oh, yeah. Mastiff, right? Do you think his name holds up? That is uh, moniker the Bomber. I can't pitch that on Raw. <laughs> no, no, probably not. But he, I mean, he looks good, and he's like you said, probably the best cannonball in the business right now. Yeah, guaranteed, his name in WWE if he gets to the main roster would just be Mastiff. Yep. Probably. Yep. Oh, yeah. 
Moving right along, the NXT UK Tag Team Championships crown their inaugural champion as the grizzled young veterans James Drake and Zach Gibson wound up defeating Mustache Mountain, Trent Seven, and Tyler Bate. In what was only an upset to everyone except me. Yes, that is true. Yeah, no, I was. I, I saw this coming. Like bait and seven or so. First off, this was probably the best match on the card right off the open. I love um, this match. Bait yeah. and seven's new gear, fucking phenomenal. The the homage to the heart, the heart foundation. I'm uh, no, sorry, the British Bulldogs. British um, Bulldogs with yep. the knee pads, the, the mustaches on them. It's fucking phenomenal. It's good on them for that. That was awesome look. Um, Typical Mustache Mountain format. Trent Seven gets his ass kicked for a while. Tyler Bate gets the hot tag, does some really cool shit that makes people pop. And then mm. we go from there. Um, Drake and Gibson, we'll see how they develop as a tag team. But it just seems to me that you want the first takeover. You can't have everyone you love going over. And uh, you right. have to have, for new champions, they usually go heels to allow the faces to chase afterwards. That was sort of my logic in picking uh, Drake and Gibson. And it just came to fruition. So not to bury the lead, um, but after the, but after the takeover, they had this special uh, chasing the magic with Nigel McGinnis, like the Nigel McGinnis story, and there was a there was a video clip they showed of him on his retirement tour six years ago, uh, and he was in the ring with Trent Seven, who gave him a nice little send off speech, and Trent Seven was fat then, which I thought was okay. So he's always had that body type. But hey, guy can fucking work his ass off. Um, I did not realize that Zach Gibson's like entire moveset was Nigel McGuinness's when he was yeah. an active competitor. But to, um, to, to your point about Trent Seven, this is why part of the reason I loved the outfit change because when he's just like doing his Trent Seven thing with just the just the trunks and no knee pads. He just looks like your fat European uncle who's hanging around your pool in the summer. Who's hanging around your pool. Yeah. Yep. No, you're you're absolutely right. Hey, uh, kid, Tyler Bate wants some hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Bate. That's a strange European accent, but whatever. Hey um, kid, you want some hot dogs. <laughs> that's a decent one. That's better. Um uh, it's not as good as your Leo Rush impression, but you know, <laughs> what, what well, is I appreciate that. I know, that was my best one I ever pulled out. Mm-hmm. I saved that for special occasions. Yeah. Um, Tyler Bate. They Drake Maverick is like, European. No, no, no. Yeah, I know. Which reminds me, I'm very sad, very sad that Jeff missed Terpian conversation to begin this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I want to piss on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, Look, Bait Bait and always is gonna look like a million bucks. They could literally put him in the match, the next takeover against Pete Dunne, and everybody would buy tickets for it. So Yeah. yeah um this was obviously it was the opening match. Um the crowd was super hot, super energetic. Um this is just a fantastic match. I loved the attire change as well. Um I thought they looked great. I don't like the two to uh pedophilic uncles look and uh is that a word did i get that right that's fine we i think we all knew what you meant <laughs> I, I feel like that's a word that's i'm gonna go with that um but no i mean there is some serious that cannot like, be the show title i'm pretty sure we'll nobody will listen pedophilic mm-hmm. uncles yeah it's a pretty good one though it, it would be if, if we weren't trying to attract listeners exactly 
All right. Well, Trent Seven's spot where he had uh, he was on the shoulders of Gibson and got it was yeah I think that was seven. No, got, Ty, uh, it was Tyler Bate. Oh, okay, it was Tyler Bate on the shoulders and uh, and he got had James Drake. <laughs> yeah, through the ropes with a suicide dive that was ridiculous. Um, he had Tyler Bate picking up both of them. That, that was, was cool. ridiculous. I mean, he he always like, has a feat of strength in every big match he has, and it's always impressive. Yeah, I liked when they had the dueling Chantilly Gates. It reminded me of the uh, that moment with the revival and uh, DIY DIY at Takeover yeah. Canada, whatever place it was, where they had they, where they both had the armbar locked, and in the revival were like holding each other's hands to keep each other from tapping. It was pretty cool. I liked that spot. Yeah, except for they they reach for each other's hands and then just were like they just were like nah yeah nah, I don't want to <laughs> your hands are pretty clammy I don't I don't want to touch those things, um but yeah you could tell as soon as James Drake put it in I'm like yeah he's he's whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> hold on hold on what whoa, what were you watching <laughs> um, I might have had some something else on at the same time, um but I, I Jason made a very good point when he made the prediction of them winning uh it'll be better for mustache mountain if they're chasing the heels going forward so i think the right person ultimately or the right team ultimately went over and it should be an interesting segment going forward well and especially in, in nxt uk right now where you don't have a wealth of like established tag teams it just makes sense to have the established tag team be chasing exactly plus yeah. gibson's got that fucking heat people are gonna he's gonna relish in those titles and when he's he got shows that shoe up, heat yeah, he's got that shoe heat. When he shows up with those titles, people are going to boo the shit out of him. It's going to be great. He needs a t-shirt that says, what shoe talking about? <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. Oh, man. This is why Jason's been in the business. My face is he always tingly. has those fucking spot-on ideas. <laughs> All right. Speaking of baiting, <laughs> the women were next. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Rhea Ripley defended the UK Women's Championship against Tony Storm, and I she tried to successfully <laughs> successfully called the crowning of Tony Storm. Oh God! All right, maybe I'm, I'm. I don't know. We'll see what you guys think. Maybe I'm in the minority here. I I was disappointed in this match, to be completely honest with you. Like, I had very very high expectations for this. Um, first off, can I also say that I I don't know if it's a relation to sort of the status and what they have planned for her. But I miss when Tony Storm used to smack her own ass on a ring entrance. That was yeah. Something. Yeah, what happened to that? I don't know, but I, I miss it. Um, I don't know if this was originally the plan or if they changed it to sort of help her get through the social media leak thing that she's sort of struggling with at the moment. I don't know if it was related to that. But um, the crowd had zero energy for this match. If you watch, they're spending most of the time sitting on their hands, not reacting at all for... A UK crowd, that's that's an accomplishment to make them go quiet. Um, it just, it it didn't feel like, it never had that big fight feel for me that it should have. I don't know if it was just the, the, the build or what it was, but there was something seriously missing from this. Um, the work was fine. Uh, Tony Storm kicks out of the riptide. Uh, eventually, Rhea goes for it again. Tony drops out of it, grabs her by the hair, and then just puts her into another Storm Zero, which she'd already kicked out of. It's just, it just, the finish felt anticlimactic. It didn't feel like we built to a crescendo. It felt like it just sort of came out of nowhere, and now she's the champion. It just, it didn't, it didn't hit for me. So I, I felt similar in, in the sense that I was 
really excited watching this card and then i just i got really bored at this point and it's nothing against these two girls i know they can work it's just there was no the crowd wasn't behind them there was like no heat going into this match and and i have no idea if that's because it you know what they recorded on nxt uk was so long ago that everybody was just like oh these two are fighting well and i also wonder and, and this is something that occurred to me later you got the first ever UK championship. It's taking pl- UK women's championship on a takeover. It's taking place in Blackpool, and you've got two Australians. Like, right. Nobody that the hometown has a rooting interest in. And it, it, I get Tony Storm's great. It's just I just didn't feel it on like this was just missing something for me. And and I think you put it perfectly. The match was fine, but. Even the finish, I was just like, "All right, so let's move on." <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think um, I personally like the match. Um, I don't think I don't think it was the best they probably could have done. They it wasn't as smooth as you think these two workers would usually do together. Like they would work together very smooth. It wasn't as smooth as it usually is, um, but it was still a good match. I mean, we've, we've all seen Tony Storm's video. We know how smooth it usually is. <laughs> Uh, yes, and um, I, I thought it was fine. I I think the fact that the crowd wasn't into it as much, it wasn't fair to what the match actually was, because I think the match was actually decent. I think it was a, um, to steal somebody's gimmick, I think it was a good B+. Um, I... They both kicked out of each other's finishers. It had false finishes. They were back and forth. Um, but like I said, it wasn't as smooth. It wasn't as as good as probably they should have done. Um, go ahead. No, I, I just I don't think they did a good job of telling the story of the match. I think it just seemed like a bunch of well-executed moves that didn't build. It didn't tell any story in the ring. There was like the the work was far better than the actual wrestling in Cody versus Nick Aldis. Mm-hmm. But Cody versus Nick Aldis told you, took you on an emotional ride with the match. It, the, they told a story in the ring that hooked you and got you invested. And by the time the match ended, you were like, fuck, like, I felt like I was a part of an experience. And yeah. this never had that. You know what that's, this was? That's fair. That's and fair. Jeff, not to interrupt you, but you know what this was? This was you do a move, and then I'll do a move. Right. You do a move, and then I'll do a move. And I hate that because it just doesn't hold my attention. Yeah, you know? it was just like they were kind of going through the steps, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, it wasn't, like I said, I, I think. I oh, think I've crowd... seen far worse in that NXT UK women's division. But you know, <laughs> for a takeover, you just kind of figured it was going to have a lot more like fire. Having been watched the 205 live crowd that just was fucking dead on matches that weren't that bad, I I think this match deserved better from the crowd, but yet I don't think it was an amazing match for sure. So I think that's the other part of the problem is with, with UK is we don't have a ton of... Like, this was it. They don't have any other women built up to star level to be in this spot, so... My guess is we're going to continue with these two for a while because there's, I mean, who else do you have that could be legitimately on a takeover? I mean, Ginny? Maybe Isla Dawn. But she's already lost to Rhea, and she got fairly well dominated. I yeah, mean, you true. look up and down that division. you got Isla Dawn, you've got Nina Samuels, you've got 
um, Candy Floss. You've got Zaya Brookside. You've got what you, what you should have is you should have somebody like Piper Nevin come in to be the next challenger. Well, because I, I feel like that would gain a lot of like, you know, buzz. Yeah, it's possible. Although I've heard that Rich who is uh, going to go down to Orlando and and work, you know, NXT proper. But I don't know. Who knows? That could change. I bet it'll be Jenny. Oh God, I can't stand her. <laughs> well, that's kind of the point. <laughs> so our main event. No, it's it's X Pac Heat. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's fine. Our main event. The. Uh, She's record-setting Pete Dunne with his 600-plus-day UK championship run. 600 days and 18 defenses. Yep. Well, this was defense number 19 because he took on Joe Coffey in a match that was really, really fucking good right up until the end. (laughs) Wait, before we continue, 600 days and 18 defenses is much better than 500 days from Brock and like four defenses. Let it go, Sal. We do still, we do still have a perfect ten to get through. Okay. I mean, I think we all agree with that. Yeah. So, yeah, Pete Pete Dunne and Joe Coffey went back and forth. They did a lot of false finishes, and then Pete Dunne won by pulling Joe Coffey's fingers apart. Yeah. Yeah. Before that, he went um, to the top. They, they, They went to the top, and I think. The plan, and I'm not positive, but I think the plan was to do a bitter end off the top rope. Right. Um, Coffee fell. Um, Dunn lost his balance. Coffee fell all the way to the floor, which was fucking rough. Um, so then they came back. They they did, and and hey, accidents and fuck ups happen in the ring, and they did a good job of going back into something else and sort of covering it. And the problem is, they then decided, and this is part of the thing I hate about wrestling. Like, just shoot with a new finish that makes sense in the center of the ring if it doesn't work out. Because what happened, what they decided to do instead, was to try to do the spot that had failed before and went back up to the top rope. And inevitably, it failed again. Same reason. They both fell off the top rope this time to the floor. Um, First of all, they're lucky they didn't get fucking hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, Second off... Don't go for, if you fuck it up once. Don't go back to it because it's just so obvious to the fans. Like it's, I hate. That's one of the things in the business I hate. Guys need to be able to, and these guys should be. They're good enough that they should be able to just shoot a new finish in the ring and call it out there. But, um, and yeah. So, and then the fucked up part, they get back in the ring, and Pete got, Pete Dunn does hit the bitter end, but doesn't pin him with it. Instead, goes into the I'm gonna break your fingers spot. And Joe Coffey taps out. Yeah. It just that ending took all the steam out of what to that point was I thought a really fucking good match. Yeah. So to go through the match, there was so much hard hitting action and I felt it did build well. Um I was actually gonna ask you about that because I don't know if it's an indie thing or if it's just a two thousand, you know, in nineteen or two thousand eighteen thing, but I see that a lot more often now, where if they if two people miss a spot, they will go back to it, and I don't, I don't know that's, that's where that mentality that's, came from. That's always been a thing. You can go back and watch <sighs> classic matches and see that same thing. Maybe, maybe it's just so blatant now, but well, they're also doing a lot more complicated moves these days, which yeah. lend themselves to more slip ups. But um, yeah, so I think that was, I mean. Uh, to be to be fair, a bitter end off the top rope. I don't care how many times you practice that. That looks difficult to pull off. Mm-hmm. So, 
Uh, you know, that's especially a guy coffee size too. Uh, that's what the problem. But and if you don't, okay, so so coffee kicked out of the bitter end at one point during the match before all this shit. So then, you know, hit him with two in a row. Make it like Triple H when he used to give somebody a second pedigree and like spike it. Don't just roll over and then start like pulling at his fingers and then he taps that. What? <laughs> I just. I sat there after the bell, like, okay, why? Was, you know, it's, it's not even like finish. he worked on his fingers the whole the whole match or anything right. like that. Yeah, no, that was a TV finish. That's something you could get away with doing on a, on a weekly episode of a show, not a takeover event. Yeah, and and I mean, it wasn't the first time. It was a Dan, Danny Birch had the same thing, but that was mm-hmm. once again, like you just said, a TV match. Right. So that's a, that's an acceptable finish, but this this was. <sighs> This is a great match, and I, up going into this, I thought Joe Coffey would be the perfect person to kind of dethrone Pete Dunne. Same. Mm-hmm. They built um, him like that. Exactly, exactly. Obviously, you know, whoever came out uh, afterward um, <laughs> maybe dispelled that. But hey, I mean, this was this was a good match overall. You, the finish, obviously, everybody talked about it. It's it's not good, but this was a good match. These these two guys beat the shit out of each other. Um, and, and, and just, I hate the fact that you, I, I really can't stand the fact that to end this match, you're just pulling some guy's fingers apart. It's, it's a, it's stupid. It's really dumb. Obviously you didn't get the bitter end from the top. Yeah. But don't fucking just don't do that. Don't do that. It, it it's a cop out and it's stupid. So yeah, after the match, um, Walter okay. arrived on NXT UK. What? Why? I believe, uh, I believe it's a Walter. I don't give a fuck. Um, which, <laughs> if you if you were uh, well, one of these days, you might decide to do a spot of NXT again. So you should just. You know, <laughs> I will. I'm. I may pick it back up now that we've had a pay per view, and I can kind of get a refresh on the stories. But only one um, episode this week, so maybe we're back to. No, see, maybe we're good. Anyways, Walter came out, uh, which prompted Luke Harper to uh, insult him on Twitter before deleting his tweet, um, and then. <laughs> oh, I didn't even see he, that. He uh, took out Joe Coffey, uh, then had a little stare down with Pete Dunne. Uh, obviously, setting up a future uh, title thing there. Uh, the uh, the gist of the of the tweet from Luke Harper was that Walter's not a a hoss; he's just a fat guy. Yeah, I've never so, been a huge fan of Walter. No, me neither, because he pretty much is just he's like the great Kali in my mind. He just really? he's, he's he's a big fucking dude. He's, he's, he's not a this... big fat person. Yes, he's one of this new generation where like they they get over just on the sake that they fucking chop the shit out of people. Yeah, and like congratulations, you're legitimately fucking hurting people and damaging them, and that's how you're getting over. Like, learn to fucking work. It's going to be full disclosure. I've never seen a Walter match. I just heard the name. Walter. I've never seen a Walter match. Okay, so so go ahead and, and and search it out. And you're going to watch it, and you're going to be like, oh, Pete Dunne's got a lot of work to do. <laughs> See, and I thought... Yeah, so he just got to get hit in the chest, that's if, all. If there's a good number of, of fans in the United States that have not seen a Walter match, I thought the presentation was great. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, the sure. guy shows up, 
and he and to me it reminded me of Joe when he showed up in NXT. Like the whole crowd was like, "Oh shit, he's fucking here!" Like, and and I, I'll give Wait, him the benefit the of the doubt. Oh shit, he's fucking here! Okay. <laughs> um, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll Tom. see him work in a UK <laughs> ring in a NXT UK ring. But um, if you guys are telling me he's Kali, like that's that's very disappointing. Next time you're gonna take my gimmick and steal my Leo Rush impression, please, <laughs> please tell me. No, I thought so, this was this, this was a good setup for this. Um, I know I know you're trying to move ahead. I'll just say. Oh, I am. <laughs> Voltaire is, is giant, and Pete Dunne is gonna face him next. That's all it needs to be said. And yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, so the final tally, I actually won this one with three. No, no, no. It's a golf score. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> uh, Jason and Adam tied with two, and Jeff got absolutely none of them correct. And Sal so. couldn't be bothered to submit picks. So. Oh, no, I did submit picks, and Troy got mad at me because he thought it was an actual fan, but yet they're not on this list. Oh, that's because I deleted it. <laughs> uh, so, moving on. <laughs> It's okay, There's... I got all five of them right, so... Yeah, that's fine. No, you didn't. <laughs> all right, it's moving right along. Stop <laughs> from... stealing my gimmick, asshole. <laughs> yeah. From from Jeff's perfect score to something we call... The Perfect Ten! A ten! A ten! A fucking ten! So, this week, we had a new member of the Island of Misplaced Names, as Almas joined the Reigns... To... Joined Langston, Antonio... Uh, Alexander, um, Adrian, as well as a couple other ones. Uh, Cruz vacationed there for a weekend, but then returned back because Andrade is the new name for Andrade Cien Almas. He, for the 13th time, took on Rey Mysterio, uh, but continues to show that he is destined for some big things on SmackDown. You'd, you'd, so have, you, you'd have to be a super fucking mark to get fired up about this. I mean... <laughs> It's a fucking, it's a fucking yeah. name change. Who gives yeah. a shit? He got a big, huge win over Mysterio in a great match on national television. Who's a fuck what they call him? Okay. Uh, Sal, what do you feel about uh, Andrade's name? I love the match with Mysterio. Let me say that first off. Um, side note, poor Greg, the SmackDown announcer, who now has to go, Andrade! <laughs> Because <laughs> his whole gimmick was Cien Alma, and again, I can't say it anymore. Uh, I just think, though, if you're going to p- limit him to one name, if you're going to shorten the name, just call him Almas. The fact that you call him Andrade makes it sound like a clone by Hugo Boss. Just, <laughs> I, I, I do not care for this name change whatsoever. Uh, you know, if you listen to Jason, he's in line for a huge push, but I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, well, um, he's pinned Rey Mysterio as a former world champion twice. He's been in the ring with Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, and uh, it's a pretty good push so far. He was in the ring with AJ Styles like three months ago. Okay. And where's that push? He's been on TV how many weeks in a row in high-profile matches? Like two. <laughs> oh, really? Because he wasn't in the tag match the week before? With Daniel Bryan and Mustafa Ali. Against John Cena. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. When, was, when was the last time Mike Kanellis was in the ring? Oh, God. Don't. Sure you. That's not a so comparison. Who's getting a, a push? I love Cena. Uh, 
Sorry. Oh, Mike's getting the I push out of the that. company, I think. Probably. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, I don't know. It just sounds weird. I guess I have to get used to it. Andrade. I, it's legitimately... Okay, this is like the, the shit... Because I see this on the internet. Like, a bunch of smarks getting all worked up that somebody's fake name got shortened to a shorter fake name. Who gives a shit? It's a character. Dude, you were the one who brought it up in the host thread. I just said it happened. I saw it <laughs> on the show. I was like, oh, okay. And I was just like, ugh. Yes, but you you do realize that if he goes by Almas, he's literally called Souls, right? <laughs> Almas is, is Spanish for Souls. Andrade is just Andrade. There's there's no other meaning behind it other than the fact that it's a name. I would rather him go by that than be 1,000 1, Souls. <laughs> So, well, CN, CN's yeah. 100, not 1,000. Sorry, one, 100, sorry. Yeah, 100 souls. The man so, yeah. 100 souls. What a fucking uh, perfect gimmick. You know, you know what else doesn't matter? Uh, Apparently Jeff's opinion, because we haven't let him yeah. talk at all. <laughs> Jeff, go <laughs> ahead. You guys go oh. ahead. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll wait. I'm patient. Nobody, nobody remembers Seamus O'Shaughnessy. They remember Seamus. Yeah. Nobody remembers Antonio Cesaro, Alexander Rusev, Adrian Neville. Everyone was fucking calling them Rusev, Neville, and Cesaro anyways. So now it's just officially just Andrade. Yeah, so by the way, Neville uh, got released, got allowed to go out on the indies and pick whatever fucking name he wanted. And guess what he went with? Fucking Pac. One name. So. Pac. Yeah, same thing. No, oh, Pac would be similar to Apoc, who was Victor. Pack is because his name is literally Six Pack. Yeah, right. But that name was taken by X Pack. This is Jeff. <laughs> well, call me Mark because I fucking hate Andrade. <laughs> I can't stand it. I, I, his, his name, it's not like his. It's the same fucking name he had. They just took away the last name. Yeah, but why do it? Because most of the time in a match when you're announcing it, you're either calling him Almas or Andrade anyway. They don't use the full name most of the time, except in the introductions. Yeah, but they called him Almas all the time. They never called him Andrade. That's not they true. Never they never called him Andrade that. a lot. They would refer to him as Almas. It's, it's, oh, look, it's, it's not a... It's whatever. It, I still like the guy. I'm not going to, like, be pissed off enough to not be a fan of him. But it's like... It's just... It, Okay, Antonio Cesaro, Cesaro is fine. Whatever, it's cool. Um, Andrade Cien Almas, it just flowed. Whenever the announcers would announce it, it, it came across nice. It was a nice way for them to say it. it. It was. I got excited when he got announced, but now it's just Andrade. I, I don't know. It's just not as exciting to me. It, it's just another. Uh, whatever. The the match was great. Let's just go into the match. The match was great. Um, thank you for changing that. Because um, mm, yeah. I uh, I was going to read it that way anyway. Um, actually. Well, some Somebody gets heated about it, you know. I I know, I know. Um, Although Sal's on tap to read that one anyway, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm oh. giving you a different one. Okay, that's fine. I don't mind. Make sure you okay. change mine up. I, um, I try to change it up as much as possible. <laughs> um, anyway, the Hurricane Rana to the outside, where uh, Andrade actually bounced off the fucking mats on the outside, looked so fucking brutal. <laughs> I, I was I was on Twitter and I was watching replays of the slow mo gif of that. That looked so painful. That was that was a brutal spot. Um, and and this Canadian these two destroyer, together. dude. Mm. Oh yeah, they did that for the 
the second week in a row, and it it's just it looks really good yeah, every time they do it. Pile driver, so it's on it's off the band list. Like, yeah, you, you think he lands weird. on his back or something. I don't know. It's it's weird. Um, as long as it doesn't have pile driver in the name, he, he's good with it. Um, but it, it was just the match itself was amazing. It was easily the best match on SmackDown, and uh, I hope he does continue winning and getting uh wins in this push i i do agree with jason when saying he was getting pushed by having these high high profile matches um even though he was losing a lot it, it, he was still being on tv he was he was going against champions uh future champions main eventers i just you, you know who else lost a lot in the, when they first showed up to, to high profile guys some guy named cena worked out pretty good for him yeah um yeah exactly i just hope it doesn't go in the the way of uh maybe like a shinsuke or uh mm. at least the way he was booked going forward he might get another push but who knows but um or rusev when he had his big push against aj styles and he had some main event stuff i i just oh. i i think he has the quality of matches uh that he will continue building on this and maybe he'll get some sort of title going forward. Didn't they have a program with him and Rusev? And they involved Lana and Zelina Vega? It was like a really short program, I feel like, over the summer. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah, that was no, the one when Aiden English nobody was around. Remembers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was one when Aiden English kept costing a matches. True. And, and Kevin, Owens for, Kevin Owens' first feud was against Juice Robinson. Nobody remembers their first feud. It doesn't matter. Uh, Troy, when, how do you feel about Rey Mysterio? Uh, I hate Rey Mysterio. He should go away because he killed a guy. But you said he looked like a snack. What? You no, did. You said that in the host thread. That I said Rey did? Yeah, you said Rey Mysterio looking like a snack. I don't believe I said that at all. <laughs> Maybe you were drunk. I can go back and find. No, I don't go. Like go that. ahead because I guarantee you it was not Rey Mysterio. I might have said Almas or or somebody else on the or show. Zelina Vega. Probably Zelina Vega because I definitely didn't say Rey Mysterio. Zelina Vega because I was like, mm. mm, I think you were drunk because I didn't say anything about Rey Mysterio. I haven't been able to drink there, buddy. I don't. Know. <laughs> we're gonna Anywho, talk. We're gonna talk a little bit more. All right, we're going to talk a little bit more uh, about a certain aspect of this next segment uh, in our main event. But we got finally got the announcement that we are going to have women's tag team championships. Uh, the announcement, of course, featured Paul Heyman, a dude, talking about dudes, uh, a dude who showed up in the middle of it being crazy, and a dude walking in on a topless wrestler because women's revolution. Uh, but we do know that the women's tag belts are not brand specific and that the winners of the tag belts will work both shows. So it was also announced that at all Jews must die, we would see six teams <laughs> face off. <laughs> oh, sorry. Elimination chamber. Same, same thing. If you're German, um, we would have six teams, three from, from, from SmackDown, uh, fighting in the, in the chamber itself. Um, hopefully none of them have ancestors that don't celebrate Christmas. And the winner, of course, would be our first women's tag team champion. So um, we had kind of speculated a little bit in our host thread on who the teams would be. Obviously, we know the Iconics are, are definitely in. 
most likely absolution is definitely in uh boss and and, and hug would probably be in unless uh sasha winds up winning that championship which i highly doubt um you know we've also got the uh, samoan twat team as as another contenders the ride family is in there as well um there's there's a couple different options and then of course we've got whatever other person of color that naomi can team up with <laughs> Uh, but yeah so what do we think of first the belt design i I gotta tell you i (laughs) (laughs) you want someone else to go first sure (laughs) this is this is why i am the host jeff go ahead i I, Jeff, all right. I thought I thought the belts were, were fine. Uh, the segment introducing them was okay um, up until Paul Heyman came out, and you know how relevant he is with the ladies. Um, but what the fuck was Otis Dozovich doing out there? <laughs> what the fuck was he doing? I guess I guess this is just it's setting people up for the fact that they're. They're gonna be the new ascension, but comedy. Well, I I think what they're looking more for is them being a little bit more like uh, Slater and Rhino. So maybe they they might get the tag belts at some point in time. But yeah, they're ascension. they're not getting the tag belts though. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> I, I don't know, dude, because we don't know what show they're going to be on. And and right now it looks like Shane and the Miz are going to be your next tag team champion. So they're not even women. <laughs> yes, yeah. so ridiculous. Yeah. What was, it was he, this? he was like he was he was essentially, you know, jerking off to the fucking tag team championships. No, he was jerking off to Alexa Bliss. He called her a pretty lady when he came out. Yeah, repeatedly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So again, this is this is how WWE books a monumental thing oh, in their company. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on. Yes. Uh, okay. I don't think well, I said anything wrong, but okay. I, I think. You're you're combining the different aspects of what the Moment of Bliss episode was. Like, the first part of the Moment of Bliss is, hey, I'm here to announce women's tag championships. Look at this. They're awesome. No, the first, part of, the first part of Moment of Bliss to, was... I'm also going to interview Paul no, Heyman. The first part of Moment of Bliss was, show us them titties. Yeah. That was before. That was backstage. Uh, well, show us, show us that back, because we've seen more on Instagram. That's true. Moving right along. Yeah. But I had no problem with the reveal of the titles. I also don't agree with a lot of people, like the other people who are on this feed that aren't on the show tonight, that say that the ta- titles are ugly. I don't think they're ugly oh. at all. I think they're just different looking. Way to be fucking subtle. There's only one person that fits that fucking criteria. <laughs> well, fuck him, because he's not here to defend himself. I mean, but, everyone everyone is entitled to their opinion. Not everyone's opinion is correct. Uh, the titles, I, I like them. I like the way that they look. I think it's unique. Um, they didn't go with just making white straps on the penny belts, which I enjoyed. Right. Um, this is another another step in them kind of giving uh, the women their own actual identity, considering that the women's championship belts are just a copy of the WWE belt. So at least this is something brand new, a brand new belt design that's just for the women's tag team belts. Pretty lady. Well, they're so, supposed to be redoing the men's tag title soon, so we'll see. As far as I heard, it, they're just redoing the men's tag belt so they can put side plates on them, yeah. but I could definitely see them turning around and using the same exact design because yeah. it's what they do. But we'll see. We, we don't know yet. That's just speculation. Yeah. 
Um, now, but yeah, go ahead. I will say that. Look, we're, I'm gonna have a lot more to say about Dosevich showing up when we get to the NXT call-up section of the Perfect Ten. Um, it was weird. It was not necessary. Uh, but again, I don't think I can lump that in with the announcement of the tag titles. Two separate things. You got titties, pretty whitey. <laughs> <laughs> Steaks and weights, pull my dick out. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my impression. Everyone else is doing an impression tonight. I figured I would do Otis Dosevich. And also do an impression of him. <laughs> <laughs> I think we lost Jeff. Or Jason. I don't know if we lost Jeff or not. <laughs> Uh, thank God you ain't got no death now. A death announcements tonight. Jeez, uh, I like the I like the belts. <laughs> that's good. There you go. All right, so <laughs> we have we have one final serious conversation. Sad news. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. You had some sad news. <laughs> Don't no. say something about Jan Ross, please. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> before we go 100% off the rails with the rest of the Perfect Ten, we do have one one topic that I think that, that we need to cover. We do need to talk about All Elite Wrestling a little bit more. Uh, because it's it's time that Cell uh, needs to get his opinion on it. But be, before he does that, I want to kind of clarify... Um, my feelings on all elite wrestling because it's it's hard to to get my feelings across in a text form stuff like that. So I am excited for AEW. I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to see what they're going to do. My biggest issue is the fact that the the guys who actually created AEW, Cody and the Young Bucks, uh, Hangman Page and the Cons, Con, um, they. They uh, don't have, don't forget Chris Jericho. He invented everything. No, he didn't. No, I'm getting to him. <laughs> um, these these core guys of AEW have done a, a, a fantastic job of setting this up as this is a brand new wrestling promotion. We're going to temper our expectations. We we just want to do this. We want to we want to change certain things about the wrestling landscape. And they don't ever say we want to be an alternative to WWE. They don't say that we want to fight WWE. They don't mention WWE. And what? that's what that's what I want everyone to do. Now, that's a perfect world that's never going to happen. Because Chris Jericho out there is the one who's fucking... That's former United States champion Chris Jericho? Yes, yeah. right. Um, Chris Jericho is the one running around going, we're an alternative to WWE and fuck WWE and we're, we're going to take them down and stuff like that. And he already said, <laughs> no, close. not at all. Not even close. Like, but did he said, he said the words, we are an alternative to WWE. No. And he prefaced that by saying, we're not competing with WWE. We're not going to be able to compete with WWE. Nobody is going to take down WWE. Right. We right. are providing an alternative for the fans who want an alternative. But here's my, here's my problem. Don't even say that. Because there's no need. Well, the there's point no of this podcast true. was to explain Don't why he chose AEW over WWE. That was the entire point of the podcast. 
and don't get me wrong, Jericho's an asshole in that podcast. Like, there yeah. are definitely things he says. He, he basically, legitimately, at one point, the following words come out of his mouth. I have signed with AEW, so now they have credibility. Yeah. Well, fuck you, dude. No, okay, no, 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 no. I'm going to stop you right there. Because I, I, I know where this is going. Look, Jericho himself is a showman. He's also a fucking pompous asshole. More often than not. Um, his reasons for leaving, and I, I think he did a decent job of explaining them, you know, when it began with his relationship with New Japan, it morphed into they didn't him build getting... They a show around him and let him do everything he wanted to do. And then, it, you know, it, what I found interesting was the discussion with, with, the, with the Carnes and the, and the owners of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Drake. And... <laughs> <laughs> their their last name is Khan. Khan. Sorry, I, I Richard just read Karn never... was on Home Improvement and then hosted the Family Feud. <laughs> All right, fine. The Khans. I literally did a Wrath of Khan joke earlier. <laughs> like <laughs> I couldn't have made it any easier for you to pronounce their name correctly. But not, okay, so so not to derail you, but I no. just want to finish my my point. Okay, and no, go ahead. Go ahead. You can go. Okay. I think oh, go Troy ahead. needs to finish his point as Otis does a bit. Yes. <laughs> so my point is, I I love the narrative that the Bucks and Cody have set up for for AEW, and that's the, the the narrative that everyone I think should follow. Because even the guy who quit WWE, pa- Pack, hasn't fucking mentioned WWE. There was no reason for Jericho to put out a podcast explaining why he left WWE for AEW, which he didn't. He left WWE for New Japan first. Afterwards, he chose to to join AEW instead of returning to WWE. But anyways, that's off topic. My issue is there's no reason for Jericho to put out that podcast because nobody else that is in AEW right now is even saying the, the, the letters WWE because they're trying to be their own entity. They don't want that constant, like, association there. They want to be their own thing. But no. And that's that's what gets me excited about it. What gets me upset, obviously, is the the internet wrestling community and them they're fucking blowing this to be the the biggest and greatest fucking thing ever. That sort of hype isn't what they even want at this point. They want people to watch it. But you're no, half correct. None of those guys you mentioned have an 18 plus year relationship with the WWE, so the question would never come up, much less need to be answered. I would say that Cody has. A long-standing relationship with WWE because his father worked there, his brother currently works there, and he worked there for a considerable amount of time. And Cody's done a lot of podcasts explaining why he left That's WWE. Very mm-hmm. true. Very, very true. So I think I think if there's anybody that that can talk about it is Cody, and he hasn't been. But like no, I he said, hasn't been recently. He did when he first he got on the scene. Why? This is a, this is a brand new thing, and and like I said, I like I like Cody and the Bucks. Uh, a way of discussing AEW. They're, they they don't even want to think about WWE. They just want to think about making this thing well, successful, making it the best that it can be. They're executives in the company. Jericho's not. It's a different dynamic. Well, I just that that that's that was my big thing was, you know, we're we're getting one side of the story from Jericho, and even even his own explanation for things was very much like. Yeah, that doesn't sound like that's the way it actually went yeah. down. So, so that, that sounds like you're a fucking idiot, and you tried well, to you went you literally went to the CEO 
of a fucking multi-billion dollar company it was like hey I have this have an idea of a match. You know those guys that are trying to come over to America right now and take viewers away from you? Let's cross promote with them. And then was upset when they're like, "No." <laughs> am, I <laughs> am, I, am I wrong in that statement? That no, idiot dude, was like was like, "Let's let's cross promote with the guys that are our direct competition right now if they yeah. come to America." Yeah, no, that was stupid. And, then I'm I'm upset because they wouldn't let me do that. No, 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 no. You're right. That that was a dumb idea. <laughs> Vince would never ever put the New Japan uh, Intercontinental Championship on his show. That that's just not going to happen. Um. That being said, I'm not going to make this about Jericho. Yes, Jericho sparked this conversation, but it's it's bigger than that. First of all. I do want to say. Okay, so before we get off Jer- South, before we get off Jericho, can I just make one quick point to what Troy said? Absolutely, absolutely. Jericho, the, the thing that you're missing, Troy, is that Jericho was smart to have this conversation because here's the thing: he's smart enough to know Vince will never ever counter anything he says. So all that will be on the public record is his version of what happened. Right, it's kind of a dick move. But it's also a smart move if that's what you, business, if you want to drive man. the narrative. All right. So enough about uh, about cockbag. Let's 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 clear the table and let's let Sal tell us what what is exciting about AEW for him. Okay. So first, I want to premise this by saying you're wrong. No, I'm just, uh, <laughs> just listen. Okay? Takes and waits. It's funny because you said that there's a big internet uh, fan base that is you know, anointing AEW as the next big thing, as the savior of the industry, which is ironic because there was a lot of fucking dumb wrestling fans that were criticizing the rally very vocally online and just picking apart everything that was wrong with the rally. And I don't care if you're on one one end of the fucking pole or the other. You know, it's not the worst thing in the world and it's not the best thing in the world. It just started. Why does everybody have to get so fucking passionate one way or the other about it? Now I'm gonna. You're the one yelling about it, dude. Yeah, because I I hate stupid people. I hate stupid people. Stakes and white chicken dick out sticking in my ass. Speaking of the rally, can I just I I now have amused myself with in my headspace with the notion of like, Pac, 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 going to the fucking bank in his ring gear. Cause like, awesome. how the fuck did he show up to the rally in his ring gear? Like, what the fuck did he expect to happen? Like, standing next to Adam Page, who's in there in a fucking suit. <laughs> I'm gonna call him Neville. Walks up there in his fucking knee pads. Like, dude, we, I, unless you're about to deliver a fucking serious blowy, there's no reason for that. I mean, if you look like that, wouldn't you not walk around like that all the time? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a good thing it was outdoor. They didn't have a no shirt, no shoes, no pol- no service policy. That's right. You gotta walk through the drive-thru. It's fine. So hey, some weights. God's out. <laughs> Look, WWE. Not only are they not going anywhere, they're expanding. Mm. The success of NXT UK is gonna, from what I hear, they're gonna start treating these companies as they're really like their own companies. Like you won't see guys get called up pretty soon. They're going to be. You know, NXT lifers, they're going to be UK lifers. Fuck, Tony Storm might be over there for the next year or two. 
You know, I know the girl's a star, but the point of the matter is that Vince is Poor going star. to continue to expand. He's not going anywhere, but as far as AEW goes... Well, Vince is going somewhere. Well, the, the WWE is not okay. going anywhere. Uh, Vince, Tony Storm, she's a pretty lady. Yeah. She's a pretty lady! As far as <laughs> AEW goes, this is the it's first time that a promotion is being ran by the boys for That's the boys. not at all true. That's but, not not at all. Not okay, even give me the last true. time. Give me the last time. Uh, well, I mean, Hot Stuff, Eddie Gilbert, and Jerry Lawler ran USWA for a very long fucking time. Dude, that was 30 years ago! And they were in their prime and wrestlers. You just um, said it's the first time this has ever happened. Okay. Um, Every independent Vince. in the fucking country is pretty much no, run dude, by a fucking about worker. A little independent shit like fucking that I go to on <clears throat> Uber and the Elmo. Um, I'm TNA. talking about on a major. Wow, shots fired at chaotic. TNA. <laughs> I'm talking about a major fucking promotion with the backing of a TNA. 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 There you go. TNA. I, TNA I, was I, ran by the boys. Jeff yes. Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett, AJ Styles was part owner. Samoa Joe was part owner. They Jeff had Jarrett put the, the fucking company. title on himself. He's yeah. also from a family of promoters going back generations. And he. Oh, wait, so we're going to make a point. We're going to get proven completely wrong, and then we're going to add all these qualifiers that didn't yeah. exist at the original point of the argument. I see what we're doing okay. here. Was TNA ran by the boys? Yes. yes. No, it was not. Yes, it was. It was ran by Dixie fucking Carter. No, no it wasn't. <laughs> Dixie Jeff- Carter, was, his, her mother was selling tickets at the fucking asylum in Nashville, Tennessee for Jeff Jarrett. They decided to di- differentiate the f- fucking paperwork, so they put Dixie's name on shit. She ended up putting family money into it and buying it eventually, but the Jarrett's Within ran the it. first four years. Jarrett's ran talking, it for quite a while. We are talking about original TNA with AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and Jeff Jarrett. They were part owners in the company. They had stock in the company. They were the bookers. They were the writers. Those guys, yes, that company was ran by the boys. Eventually, yes, it was taken over by Panda Energy and stuff like that, and eventually now has become Anthem, where it is not run by the boys. But originally, yes, it was run by the workers. And by the way, most companies have the boys working some of the boys working in the creative department as heads of creative in a lot that's of That's not the same thing! Well, that's booking out the entire angles for the company. And and might I, might I remind you... Triple H is on, one hold of on. the boys. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold right? on. I get he, that. Okay. He's not doing a goddamn thing that's not corporately endorsed Christ, by... Christopher Daniels, had, Christopher Daniels has helped work extensively with creative and Ring of Honor and TNA. But need I remind you... AEW is not run by the boys either by your your standards. It's run by the Karns. Khan is is the Vince McMahon role. Everything goes through him. He still has final veto say because he's the money behind it. So it's still not even what you have put into your head where it's like they can do whatever they want. He still can turn around and be like, we're not going to do that. He probably won't for most things. But if... If they hired somebody like fucking Necro Butcher and he's like, I want to fuck a dead body on the stage. Well, yeah, dude, <laughs> obviously. Oh, Save that, that shit for ICW in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Exactly. But that, but that again, it's not run by the boys. Now, a bunch of wrestlers have creative positions, just like in TNA, just like ROH does too. They have, have guys that are workers that are also behind the scenes too. 
So yeah, there WWE. WWE. You think if Necro Butcher was there, they would uh, order one slice of pizza for everyone (laughs) and one beer? (laughs) Right. Anyways, so let's so let's move on to some actual news regarding. Well, I'm sorry, Sal, Don, or Jeff have anything to say? Like we sort of dominated this conversation. Um. Well, I'm kind of. I'm kind of in the middle with with the AW argument. I'm I'm excited to see them. I'm excited to see what they become. Um, I think they have a really good foundation going forward. I, I it really just depends on how it's booked and and how, who they well not not even who they sign. It's, it's how it's booked and how it's written. I, I know there was an article out there that Cody said he doesn't plan on signing any writers going forward, at least in the foreseeable future. I don't know how that's going to go. I don't know how well that'll work out. Um, It's to be seen. Everything's to be seen with AEW. It's still way too early. It's just... And and I agree with that. Um, All I can tell you is the women's division is going to be great because they got Penelope Ford, and that's really all they fucking need. Shut up. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? Pretty lady. Pretty lady. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> My voice is getting worse and worse for that. <laughs> it, it, My it, is, it is going on the voice. Just stick with Leo, Leo Rush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could be Leo Bobby Rush. Bobby Lashley. Okay. Go ahead, Sal. Feel the rush. Go ahead, Sal. For the guys they've introduced already, it looks like it's going to be a good roster. And now there's all these reports that all these WWE guys are trying to get released from their contracts. Now, I don't know if that's true. And to be honest, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's true. Uh, well, the Revival themselves are two guys. Nice try there, buddy. Three guys. But three guys and Maria Canellis. Boy, you really semantic them right there. All those guys. <laughs> and that's just the reports. All those guys. So far. Because Neville's already there, and he did ask for his release. He did not uh, ask, Stop saying that. He did not ask for his release to go to AEW. He no, wasn't, I didn't say, you didn't let me finish. But I didn't that's say how you're portraying it. Go to AEW. I said he asked for his fucking release. But you're portraying it as though it was a part of this fucking AEW thing. It wasn't. It was completely independent of this. It has nothing to do Okay. With- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to freeze everything right now. Freeze all motor functions, Sal. Um, if the revival did in fact ask for their release, everyone is saying they asked for their release to go to AEW. There is nothing at all that says they asked for their release for the specific reason for going to AEW. And we do not know if they asked for their release or not. The The rumor is that they did. Now, if they did, it would obviously be for a very valid reason. But I also say that this is a team that every time that they started to get a push, one of them got injured. So that is why they're in that situation they're in where the WWE doesn't feel confident in putting tag belts on them right now. So I understand both sides of it. I understand the revival has all the reason in the world to be frustrated with the fact that they keep having to fight Mexicans. I get that. I also get WWE being frustrated with the fact that they're like, you guys have been injured more times than not the past two years. So that's one separate person, okay? So yes, you may may have one tag team that specifically asked for the release from WWE to go elsewhere. 
where they go is whatever. Okay. The other other person that we had had was Mike and Maria Canellis. And now here's the thing with them. First of all, we've already had Maria seemingly saying that they have not asked for the release. Mm-hmm. But the other thing with that is if they have asked for their release, is it not also equally likely that they asked for their release because they have a child now and would rather be able to stay in one central location and take care of their child than be on the road all the time? Of course. Okay. That makes sense. Or, or, or has something to do with the fact that he's now on his third consecutive brand where they don't put him on TV. So, And the thing with Mike Kanellis and him hopping brands and stuff like that. They signed him and her. Uh, like a month after after they sign it, he admits he has an addiction. Right. Now, like it or not, that affected whatever push they had planned for him, and they have he has never recovered, or they have never given their confidence in him since then. And in that time as well, Maria also had to take time off because she was pregnant. And she says they have been incredibly supportive with the fact that she wanted to be a mother. They let her have a kid, but that is. Un- <laughs> well, no, I know, right? you know what I'm saying, though. You know, they they didn't they didn't they kept her didn't, under contract even yeah. after she, they didn't kick she her down the pregnant. stairs. Right, right. Sarah, Sarah Lee got released from her contract after she got pregnant. Right. All right. Well, she was awful. So, again, did they ask for their release? Maybe. Did they ask for the release to go to AEW? Maybe. Did they ask for their release to go to TNA so they could be in one central location? Maybe. All of these things are possible. But that's two stories, not an entire roster of people being like, we're done, we're off. Nobody's and it's saying that. Stop, stop. Nobody's, nobody's saying that the entire roster is going to walk right. out. Can I just Exact work. All these people asking for their release. It was potentially two stories of people asking for their releases. Can, can I just say that I really hope at some point they say they grant the revival their release and they hand them the paperwork to sign and they go, these releases are now being contested under Lucha House rules. And they come and rip them up into confetti. That'd be funny. <laughs> so, that would be fun. so, so, no, I do not believe that... I believe that there's a possibility that the Revival may have been the only team so far that asked for their release to specifically go to AEW. I believe that Mike and Maria may have asked for their release because they want to go on the independent circuit because it's easier to be at home and take care of their child. I don't think it has anything to do with how they feel about how WWE has been pushing them. I mean, it may have a little bit to do with, with Mike and, and how he's being pushed as, as kind of a catalyst for it, but I think the kid is the bigger bigger reason, not because AEW is throwing contracts at people. Jason, I believe you called it an arms race in the host thread. Is that yeah. correct? Yep. See, and that's, that's kind of the bigger point, is that... But whether that's it's not been... specific to AEW. Ring of no, Honor no, no, is no. gobbling but, up all but, the talent they can. MLW right. is gobbling up all their talent. WWE is matching fucking contracts and doubling them if you sign on the spot, apparently. Supposedly, they were very pissed that Bandito signed with ROH. Yeah, they were after him, too. And he basically and, and the... told them, hey, I got this other company. And they said they didn't necessarily believe it. So going forward, apparently the report is... They, if you bring them an offer, if they're interested, if you bring them a competing offer on paper from another company, they will match it. And if you sign and agree to sign on the spot, they will double it. So yeah. there so, was one thing that Jericho said that I really picked up on. In his we episode, is he said, if I go to, if I stay in WWE, it doesn't matter what I do over there. 
It, I I could, you know, be there. I could do great. I could not do great. I could leave. It doesn't matter. They're always going to be WWE. But I can go somewhere else where I absolutely have to be my best every single night. But he's not. He's not his best anymore. Go back you know and what? watch any of these New Japan matches. They have to make them hardcore matches so, in order for them to be passable. But no, no, no. But forget about Jericho. The point is that... You know what? If I'm Zack Ryder and I'm not getting used on TV, maybe I will get used in AEW. Okay, so so here's the thing, Sal, and this is – I saw this today and I actually had one of my wrestling groups on Facebook, and I finally got sick of it, and I looked at this. Like, what people seem to fail to realize is that AEW has less spots for top guys than WWE. Not more, because yeah. WWE has – five different brands at this point you can be a top guy in one of five different brands mm-hmm. or one of one of the top guys aew how many guys are they going to fit on their pay-per-view 12 maybe 20 tops so you're going to be of those 20 how many are going to be top top promoted matches four five yep there you go so so if you're neville and how many of those guys are going to be cody guy. and the bucks and kenny and jericho yeah. Well, so Kenny, where where are those spots for everybody else? Where are these mythical spots that but exist? You, you said it earlier. You said it in the host thread. Just getting used consistently is better than not getting used at all. Sure, but where are you going to get used at? At a place that has four shows a month on, on for each brand or a show that runs one pay-per-view every three months? They don't have a TV deal that we know of yet. And even if they do, it's going to be once a week, two hours. The WWE has Tops. 18 hours of television programming available for you to perform on every single week. Tell Mike Canales that. And okay, all right. But, 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 I know you guys love Mike Canales. He's not a main eventer on any indie. Dude, I'm sorry. All right, if I'm TNA, Cedric Alexander, why am I? If I'm Cedric Alexander, why am I resigning to stay in 205 Live? Because he was a top guy in 205 Live. Who cares? It's 205 Live. No offense. They do. They do. They should care. Yeah, but you so, heard the So what's better, being a top guy on 205 Live getting WWE money or getting a little bit of a little bit of money from AEW to to appear at the opening match on one of their seven pay-per-views in a year? If I'm Cedric, I'm exploring all my options on my contract. Everybody should explore all their options. Everybody should make as much money as they possibly can. Absolutely. However, this mythical fucking land of AEW where everybody's a top guy is a myth that doesn't no, fucking no, 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 exist. No, no, no. And that's how it's being portrayed out on the internet. I think AEW is a great thing. I think as many places as the boys could go and make money is perfect. What I don't think, what I don't agree with is this notion that everybody who's been misused or mis- will be everything will be perfectly sunny and rosy if you go to AEW and they'll use you perfect and you'll be main eventing and you'll be on the... No! It doesn't fucking work that way. It's not No, and real. I get that. I get that. But there, but like you said, any place that the boys can go and work and another place that the boys can go and work is always a benefit to the business. So whether it's a guy like Juice Robinson going to New Japan and finding Fuck himself Juice there... Or if it's a guy that goes to ROH and finds himself there. Whatever, as long as I can see my favorite wrestlers at some point on TV. You can right now. Well, it depends on who my favorite wrestler is. Who's your favorite wrestler right now? God, say Mike Bennett. No, no say Mike Bennett. It, it was Shinsuke Nakamura for the longest time. I'm not kidding you. But okay. that, that past year has been so disappointing that he's not anymore. Is anyone's so, favorite wrestler Chris Jericho right now? No. Okay, here's here's my issue with Chris Jericho saying that that he goes to all, all elite wrestling 
And he has to be his best all the time. That's every fucking indie idiot. You go to ROH and you phone in a match, you're going to get crucified for it. And ROH isn't going to use you anymore. You go to New Japan, if his matches would have sucked over there, they would have fucking crucified him and he would have been out of that company. Every fucking independent circuit, you have to be on your all. you got to be on your fucking game. Otherwise, the fans will be bored of you. Another great thing from that podcast is he says... Everybody always sells me short. Going into new, going into Wrestle Kingdom, everybody's talking about how this match is going to be the best one. This match is going to be on oh, the Jericho one. That'll be fine. But a lot of the pundits came out of it saying I had the best match on the show. Not one fucking person no. thought that was the best no, match no, no, on that no. show. Yeah, no. that was a little bit uh, you're, delusional. You're, you're right. never going to be as good as Kenny Or delusional. Omega, but... Sorry. No, and yeah. he, he wasn't. That match wasn't even better than uh, Osprey and uh, Ibushi. So no. Yeah. So again. Every every one of these guys that that you that you think okay well Zack Ryder isn't being used well you know what Zack Ryder probably isn't going to be you're going to tell me that Brett Majors is going to go to AEW and he's going to get booked higher on the card than Pack or Scorpio Sky or Christopher Daniels or some of these other guys no I don't think so he's an undercard guy on AEW he's he's not existent on WWE but yeah right. if you're a singles wrestler. You go into this company instantly behind Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes, yep. Pac, yep. Hangman Page, yep. Chris Jericho. Yep. Speaking so of which. Already, if you're the best fucking wrestler on the you are five guys behind in the pecking order. Speaking yep. of which. Walking in the door. Kenny so, Omega. And that's if you're the best guy in the fucking world. So where, where is there room for these people to be main eventers at this company? Wait, 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 wait. Speaking of Kenny Omega. If you're Kenny Omega and your deal expires on January 31st, where are you signing? AEW. We've uh, we've already been through this. He he turned on WWE's offer. He's going to AEW. Yeah. And he's well, going that, to be the top guy on that show. Yeah. Well, that's great. Because yeah. if they get a TV deal on TNT, then Kenny Omega is the top guy in America on TNT. Yeah. When that show launches, yeah. and like, everybody will realize Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. Look, look. I'm not saying Kenny Omega. No, no, look, on, I'm not on. one let of those me, guys. Let me that dispel the myth of Kenny Omega. Yeah, let me let me dispel the myth of Kenny Omega for a second. Kenny Omega is another very, very, very fucking good worker. He's in a long line of very, very fucking good workers. You know what the difference between Seth Rollins and Kenny Omega is? Kenny Omega is given hour and a half matches to go out there and, and do what he can do. He's given opponents with, with matches that are physical. He's not given Dean Ambrose and 15 minutes. <laughs> That's the difference. Yeah, and that's the problem. Because if he signed with WWE, that's probably what he would get. Sure. But that's not the that's not the point here. The point is that Kenny Omega, as good as he is, this notion, this myth that people have created that he's somehow gonna change the world because he's this completely different in ring performer than we've ever seen. Also, the other thing you gotta you gotta factor in if AEW is gonna work more of a new Japan style, because if they are, prepare for a lot of guys to get hurt. Yeah, no no and that's true. You know, there's look. New Japan is another company that's going to keep on rolling. Doesn't matter who's there. Oh, they they true. have I don't such a foundation. You don't think Okada can carry that company? Not not expansion into the United States, which is their primary goal at the moment. Well, that's what they have Switchblade for. O- Omega and the Bucks were the linchpin to that expansion into the United States. So if that if that cooperation deal doesn't come through new japan takes a big fucking hit and they know it and that's why they're at this point possibly willing to sacrifice the ring of honor relationship 
I don't think I'd blame them if they did. I mean, if they really want to continue this expansion into America. But on the other side of that, look what they've done for Switchblade in the past six months. <laughs> Jeff, what are your thoughts? I took a pee break. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> um, I, I, I don't. I don't have enough of. I don't have enough chickens in the basket for this argument. Um, I'm just excited to see this kind of take off the ground, like I said. Um, The one thing I will say that came up is um, I will say I do – I am kind of an unabolished fan of Chris Jericho as a worker. Uh, I will agree that he is, as a person, kind of a pompous ass. Um, But – his New Japan matches, um, even though they were hardcore and definitely not his best work, they were probably his best work for his age. And he knows that. Um, and I will give him credit for that. But, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Hey, uh, Jeff, I need you to read the uh, the next topic in a certain voice. <laughs> <laughs> My man, Bobby Lashley wins the Intercontinental Belt. I feel like we're <laughs> gonna, you, I feel like we're going to end up on the next episode of Is It Racist? <laughs> Wait, is that who's that supposed to be? Is that supposed to be Leo Rush? My <laughs> man, because it sounds like Shelton Benjamin's mama. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <clears throat> all black people sound like. So yeah, so uh, there was a, there it is. There was it a is triple threat match Lashley. on Raw where uh, Bobby, La- where, yes, where Jeff's man Bobby Lashley took on Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose with Bobby Lashley becoming the new Intercontinental Champion, his first time being an IC champion. Feel the rush, baby. <laughs> Jeff, go ahead and uh, describe this match and continue to do the voice it as is much time as possible. For the main- uh, <laughs> I don't think I my voice is already dead from the Otis Dozovich impressions. Um, no, I, I thought this match was uh, was really good, actually. Um, the fact that Dean Ambrose had to work with two people let him have a decent match. Um, Uncle Dean um, got to mask his... Uh... Oh, oh, by the way, sorry, this is just a random thought. Did you guys see that, that silly house show thing where... Uh, or maybe it was at the end of a Raw where... Um, Rollins put Dean Ambrose through a table, and then Dean Ambrose found Renee's phone. And chucked and, it at, at uh, Cole? At, at, yeah, at Michael Cole. It, it, like, while he was on the ground laying out, he chucked the phone right before he got, like... I thought that was hilarious. Um, it was good. It was. It was. That was the best thing Dean Ambrose has done in a long time. Um, <laughs> uh, but Bobby Lashley winning here, I think, is is the best best thing for Bobby Lashley and (laughs) we are fully off the rails a little bit feel the rush baby feel the rush Um, yep Bobby Lashley winning was good (laughs) for sure awesome great topic let's move on it's gotten All me right. really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking about something, sir? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, uh, moving right along from that, because the less said about that, the better. 
Um, the the way that the current NXT call-ups minus Lars Sullivan have been, been utilized on TV is because creative has nothing for them. And the idea is to get their faces out there so when they do have something for them, you will forget that you saw them do dumb shit like run up and go, you're a pretty lady! And uh, instead, <laughs> you'll remember their actual first feud. Um, so lately we've seen... Um, Lacey Evans watching TV sideways. Uh, we've seen, obviously, Otis Dosevich running around molesting people. Uh, EC3 looking at himself in the mirror. And um, Nikki Cross seems to be the only person who actually has had any kind of interaction or had a match. Um, so let's talk about how awful these new call-ups have been utilized so far. Sal? I don't get it. I mean, I get that you wanted to make a impact and say you're having all these new people come up but why why like you said other than nikki cross none of none of it makes sense ec3 just kind of shows up in a in a golden box at the bottom of your screen and he's like and he doesn't actually say anything they just go off to the next person that uh dasha was interviewing lacey evans again watching a monitor that's not a debut she's pretty lady the less said about Otis Dosevich, the better. And there was someone else. Oh, Lars. Yeah, Lars isn't on the show. He might not even be in the company anymore. You know, for someone who wants to make the show, you know, go faster, you're sure thinking up ways to fucking slow this shit down. Fuck. He's just preparing for his new show. He's stealing my gimmick, essentially. The fuck? What are you oh watching? My goodness. <laughs> she having sex with an elliptical? Wait, you're watching it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Innovative. Alright. Um I will say <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say anymore. The call ups never have I ever wanted uh, a fourth week in a row of vignettes. <laughs> Let's just say that. Very true. Um, yeah, obviously Lars Sullivan still not be. Come on, dude. <laughs> Wait, it's not you doing it? No, it's Jason. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude! What the fuck? I'm trying to move the show along, man. <laughs> I thought it was you the whole fucking time. I'm no. like, Troy, come on, man, Troy. <laughs> the fuck? Wait no. for me to try to do that and fucking see how choppy it is. Yeah, I I believe. <laughs> I believe that when this episode comes out, you will be able to pinpoint the moment that I broke Jason and turned him into this. Uh, So our next topic, SmackDown ended their show with a, oh God, coast to cake as Shane McMahon went coast to coast. What happened in the last couple topics? Uh, We, we, (laughs) we moved on. Uh, So So, I already, so I like, I like the intercontinental title being on Bobby Lashley. My man. Exactly. And I like as long Le- as it's not on Dean Ambrose or Seth Rollins, I'm fine. And, and I like Leo Five Live. Um, My man. And what was you like oh, that? No, yes. you don't like that. No, do I do. I like it. I do. Oh, it's my funny. God. Um, no, it's not bad. It's funny? What's yeah. funny about it? it, it Leo Rush is not bad, dude. It, it just sounds like he's trying to say it as an Asian person. It's a cute little gimmick. Um, and the NXT College, it's fucking awful. You, you get one chance to really make a first impression, and instead of like actually doing that, they're having these people just... It's awful. Like, this is what you have... Why call people up if this is what we... This is what brings all these fucking call-ups down. 
And Leo they, Five Live is not going to get you over. And they never fucking recover from that shit. Is, yeah. How many catchphrases then, is he going to have, though? Wait, 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 wait. And that's the fucking thing, Jason. <laughs> stop. Oh, well, maybe don't stop. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded really that. bad if you don't know the concept. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you do, it's even worse. Yeah. Speaking of sucking dick, uh, <laughs> Finn Balor rode his giant dick to the main events because he's pretty lady. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had uh, a number one contenders match to see who would replace Braun Strowman after he was uh, removed from the match because uh, nobody wants to see him win that championship. And instead, we got Finn Balor as the new challenger to see who will be dusted by Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, yeah, Finn Balor's druthers were really put through the ringer this week, um, <laughs> and uh, he he showed that he's going to be the next guy to challenge Brock Lesnar. All right, how many things that's going to actually happen? Yeah. Well, no, he's going to challenge him. You really, you think so? <laughs> Do I think that Brock's going to fight Balor at the pay per view? Yes. Yeah. All right. They're like two weeks. They're like seven, like ten days away. They don't really have a choice in the matter. I suppose. How many suplexes do you think is going to happen? Ten. How many suplexes until Finn blows a shoulder out again? Two. <laughs> but Brock will keep suplexing them. I mean, we gotta give them a little bit of credit for putting Balor in this spot, right? Like, sure. It's better than, oh, you know. Here's Mark Henry against Brock Lesnar at the pay-per-view. Dude, you gotta warm it up first before you shove your fingers in. It's <laughs> porn. No, they don't. <laughs> yes, they, they still <laughs> shut, man. I I like porn where the people actually look like they're enjoying it. I, I like it when they're all unwilling and unhappy. <laughs> there you go. Jeff likes right porn. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so, I, have, I have a hilarious story of one. Now maybe I shouldn't go into that. All right, I'll take it back. I'll tell you after. All right, that sounds good. Um, so uh, Samoa Joe, acting as Scar, had to face off against Mustafa Mufasa, and uh, he threw him right into the Pride Lands uh, before they were able to have their match. Uh, so who's he? Why? <laughs> And I'm just going to move this over and get it out of my way now because it's bothering yeah. me. All right. Uh, so, yeah, so Samoa Joe was supposed to have a match with Mufasa Ali. Winds up beating the shit out of him. They don't have a match. Uh, so it looks like we finally have a, a storyline for both Samoa Joe and Mufasa. So what do we think about uh, about the new new pairing there? The downside to this new thing is that I just saw Sal's face as he's staring at it, and it really creeped me out. Okay. Was he going? She's a pretty lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so I guess we're on me with Samoa Joe and uh, Mustafa Ali. Yeah, I, I liked it. I thought as a build to a new program, I sort of liked it. Although I'm a little curious as to what happened to Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy. Did that? No, 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 that was done, man. They finished that shit off. I don't think they really finished it. There wasn't much closure to that whole thing. Like. Didn't Jeff pin him clean? No, Joe Joe choked him out to get into the four-way. That was the title match opportunity thing. Mm. And that was the last time they were in the ring together, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Last time Jeff was in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, uh, I'll say, I'll say it's if guys, you're a can heel, you get on fucking track here? We're trying to move the show along. Let's let's stay. If, fucking if you're a heel and uh, you're trying to get over, what kind of jackpot do you think it is when you hear you're facing Mustafa Ali? Oh, I mean, dude, the th- guy sells like fucking Ricky Steamboat. Like, oh my god, he gets thrown into that fucking turnbuckle. You just throw him into a turnbuckle and he's dead. It's just what it is. It looks like he actually gets decapitated when he gets hit by that fucking ring post. It's amazing. Um, and if you're Mustafa Ali, what better heel to work with than Samoa Joe? That's very true. Um, this uh, this could have potential to be a very, very, very good match. If you don't book it as a squash. God, what the f- Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's got a pair of druthers on him. <laughs> That's AR Fox. <laughs> Good God. By the way, can can I just remark on the fact that the, the episode <laughs> that that we have the word druthers in is getting less downloads than our episode previous to that? Perfect. Just, just um, to let you know. Your, your old man bullshit has <laughs> fucked us over. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I gotta, I gotta contribute something. Uh, if it's less views, then that's what it is. There you go. <laughs> At this point, I'm just going to counteract Jason with gay porn. <laughs> oh God! Enjoy. <laughs> this is the most off the rails I think I've, we've ever been since I've been on this show. Probably, probably in the history of the show, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, maybe Jane oh, Ross might be. Even the Jane Ross thing didn't last this <laughs> Are long. Are you watching Cake Farts? jesus christ all right speaking of speaking of sexy things (laughs) is it a good thing that wb is trying to bring sexy back so of course we've got uh we've got the mandy rose storyline right now where she's trying to bang an uso brother there's two of them you could probably just take one of them uh but then we've got the alexa bliss trish stratus preview god that woman's got a big asshole um (laughs) And so, with the, it felt a little Attitude Era-esque lately, with obviously Mandy's storyline and Alexa's. Now, Alexa's never been presented this way, uh, but Mandy is, in character, sort of, supposed to be a homewrecker kind of girl. And it seems like she doesn't really want to fuck that dude. She just (laughs) wants to, to screw with Naomi. So, to me, like... You're going. You have like comedy storylines with the guys, and you have serious storylines with the guys. So, by all accounts, if you want to be, you know, equal with the men and the women, you're going to have good storylines with the women and bad storylines with the women. Now, not all of them should in be like sexy storylines, but there's there's a difference. You can't have every single female storyline be a serious <laughs> one. So. Um, you know, Jeff, what do you think in regards to this this new <laughs> thing recently with with coming WWE kind of enough. kind of coming back around and, and doing these kind of like sexier storylines? Well, um, if they do it this way, it's, it's fucking shit. Um, yeah. it's fucking garbage. <laughs> um, looking at the rundown sheet and that made me laugh. Um. Um, no, it's, it's really, the, the, I think we can all agree that the Mandy Rose storyline was fucking garbage, right? Uh, well, in terms of execution, I mean, Mandy Rose and lingerie is never a losing proposition. So, 
Um, I mean, I think that's I think that's obvious. I just think the storyline itself is. Just I think it was intelligence insulting. Like, like if you start it from a promo, like Naomi gets these pictures of Jimmy in a hotel room with Mandy Rose, and then we backtrack and figure out how we got there. I think that's a much more effective way to do it than. Mandy Rose showing the whole plot to a camera as if Naomi's not smart enough to watch the show. Right. Also, yeah. what, what's what's the point of pictures when you have video, like, disputing what the pictures are going to show you? God, like, there's cameras there. It's on live TV. Yeah. Yeah. Look, like, it, just turn it into, tune into her TV and be like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. Right? Like, oh, let me take... Oh, I got a photographer. He's going to take pictures. Yeah, but we're live right now on SmackDown. Like, she's not watching this shit? Like, like she's probably jilling off to it right now. She probably gets off on watching her dude get on with, with a, a hot white chick. Just to make... The whole thing was made even worse. That Mandy can't act. So she's like, no, Jimmy, this was never about you. Quick, I camera th- guy, get in here. What? I think I think she is intentionally trying to do that. I think it's intentionally supposed to be uh, like a soap opera kind of thing. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't really work nowadays. You know, th- if this was a storyline of the Attitude Era, we'd be be like, this is fucking awesome. But it's not anymore. Like, and we know that Mandy is a far better worker that deserves better than the storyline. Naomi as well. Zucchini. <laughs> our our listeners are going to be really fucking confused in this episode. Can can we just go to the indie dates already? <laughs> no, like, I've been contributing. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, you're fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I have never disputed that fact, sir. No, I, I honestly, and, and you go back, it, it fucking works. You can you can dislike it all you want, and to me, it's fine. You can have characters that are Charlotte and Becky and Sasha, and are all about the in-ring performance, and you can have characters like. Mandy Rose, who are about the sexuality and using their, their assets to get ahead. The, different people are different things. We don't have to throw everybody into one box. But don't think that... Uh... <laughs> you deserve it. Don't think that uh, WWE's not sitting back and watching the YouTube channel for Impact getting 28 million views on Scarlett Bordeaux's striptease on Scott Steiner last week and going, wow... That's getting a lot of attention. We should go do something. By the way, Alexa Bliss's back has over two million views already. I mean, like, yeah, that's that's the other aspect of this is that um, apparently this was all a ripoff of something impacted last week. Twenty-one I mean, million views for Eva Marie's wardrobe malfunction, and that wasn't that long ago. True, um, but you you watch Impact pretty frequently, so this was a whole. This was all just in response. To Scarlett Bordeaux, though. I, I don't know why they did it. I think the timing is certainly begs the question. But um, if you go to their their page on YouTube, that video's up there, and it's at about 28 million views already. So the thing I don't get, like when they did this with Lana and Enzo, like I feel like it fit the story. But you know, even at the end of the segment, Naomi's like, "I didn't get her like I wanted to get her." Okay, so the whole thing was pointless. That's just my gripe with it. It just it, it just felt disjointed. Forgotten the Forgotten Sons got more views than Humberto Carrillo versus Art Johnny Gargano. So, oh, well. Jeff, I, I spoke on this already. 
Yeah, he did. I know, but we we sort of <clears throat> extended the discussion. I don't know if you had more to add. Nah. Okay. Yeah, 2.5 million views for Mandy Rose and Jimmy Uso in a hotel room. Uh, 42,000 for Andrade Cien Almas talking about his victory over Rey Mysterio. Yeah, so there you go. What drives traffic, guys? That's right. It still sells. It's yeah. Teen Dick. Yeah, oh, I, that's I'm right. Sh- I mean, I'm sure I can find that somewhere. 5.8 million views for Alexa Bliss in her dressing room. And, hold on, let me get a a good one here. Um, 510,000 for the All Elite Wrestling press conference. Hmm. (laughs) So. Sal, your thoughts? (laughs) You know what they, you know what they, you know what they, you know what they need? They they need to just stack their roster full of women who can't wrestle that have big fake titties. Oh wait, they already did. I was gonna say that was the entire early two thousands. <laughs> like that's the current AEW women's roster. Oh, that's not true. Brooke wait a minute, Britt Baker does not have giant fake tits. No, but who's you the sir other? You are a liar. <laughs> but who are but who are the other two two roster members? Penelope Ford can wrestle. Yes, but she has big fake tits. It doesn't matter. She can work. <laughs> All right, so Man, Sal, she, she can work better than Mandy Rose. She can time. definitely work that dick, big lady. All right, um, <laughs> Sal, it's important that you read uh, your indie dates verbatim. Um, so let's take a look at what is going on on the independent circuit, Sal. Liberty States Wrestling returns to the John Cena McCarthy Memorial Prep School on Saturday, January twenty-sixth, with Winter Warfare. Liberty State's heavyweight champion, Vern Vicalo, defends against Eli Markopoulos. Ilya. Ilya. Markopoulos. Both of them wrong. <laughs> Robo will defend his Sum Limits championship. Liberty State's tag team championship is on the line as the main state posse defend against Nightbreed with Vanity Vixen. Todd Sopel, that piece of shit, goes one-on-one with his tiny prick and Opportunity Knox contract holder, Nico Silva. <laughs> Will also be there. Vanity Vixen has issued an open challenge to anyone to take heroin <laughs> on one, what? male or female. Oh my goodness! Also appearing, Brett Domino, Chris James, James Chris, <laughs> Travis, Gaylet, Jillet Thomas, and many more. Doors open at six thirty with a bell time of seven. Tickets are just. This isn't accurate. Tickets are just $67 general admission. <laughs> Thanks, Sal. Jason, what's going on with Atlantic Pro? Oh, God. Atlantic Pro Wrestling returns on Saturday night, February 16th, with another great night of wrestling action from the Newburyport Elks Lodge, 25 Low Street, Newbury, Massachusetts, as we present Full Force Elimination 8 with our triple main event. The APW New England Championship will be on the line as Robo, the Punjabi Lion, defends that title against Demon Ortiz, cashing in his cash-and-carry contract. He won at the Gil Bonk Memorial Wrestle Royal. Memorial Wrestle Royal. Okay, then. Okay, then. What? Oh, that's going to sound great on the Skype recorder. Oh, sorry. That's (laughs) fucking super. Uh, No holds barred street fight as DTF Dan Terry takes on the selfie-made man Vern Vicalo in a last woman standing match for the vacant APW Women's Championship. The Widow Belmont takes with Ed Hunt takes on Vanity Vixen. Also, full force elimination. It's a four-on-four elimination-style bout with two matches. Winners from those matches move on to face off in the full force elimination finals later in the night. 
Uh, also appearing on the show, American-made, Big Gun Jim Sargent, Son of a Gun Jake Sargent, and the Hampton Beach bad boy Hunter Ward. The APW Tag Team Champions, Nightbreed with Vanity Vixen, Venom, Champagne Joe Moakley, the Canadian legend Matt Loudon, Sheik Abdullah Hassan, and Mad Dog Magarici. The APW Championship number one contender, the Masshole Mike McCarthy, Owen Brody, Cicero, Bugsy Stone, Stiff Mike, Nico Silva, Mass Appeal, Travis Gillette, Nick Curry, Fabulous Johnny Vegas, plus many more. Tickets, $12 at the door, advanced general admission, $10. Reserved front row seats, $15. Reserved second row seats, $12. Reserved front and second row seats also receive early admission to the show. Tickets are available at the door. Go to Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Dot com. I think you can purchase tickets through there. Also, doors open at 6 p.m. and they say 6.30 p.m. bell time. The stars of Bruce City Wrestling return to the Oaks Lodge in Waukesha, Wisconsin on Saturday, February 16th for Aftermath from Rise of Honor 15. Bell time is 7.30. Doors open at 6.45. Tickets are $20 reserved. Ring sign is an advance. $60 can be purchased on BruceCityWrestling1.com using PayPal or $18 at the door. The Bruce City Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship will be online as the bearded bruiser Max Holiday takes on the Beer City Bruiser. Gimmick infringement. The Bruce City Wrestling Women's Championship will be online as Evil Sierra takes on Smiley Kylie. God damn it. <laughs> Kylie Ray. Uh, just her second match. Uh, more Phantom Only matches announced soon. Go to BruceCityWrestling1.com for more information. You can uh, follow him on Twitter at BCW1. Follow him on Instagram, Bruce City Wrestling, and Snapchat, BCWBoss1. The Belltime Club and Dante Luna team up to bring live professional wrestling to the Maiden Irish American Malden, Club. Malden. Malden. Oh, I'm sorry. Malden. Irish American Club. Wednesday, February 20th for February vacation. Doors open at 6 p.m. and bell time at 7. The main event is for El Mundo Boston Championship. Sees Masshole Mike McCarthy as he makes his first defense against the underground king, Slick Wagner Brown. Toto Loco and the professional Channing Thomas, Dan DeMann and selfie-made man Vern Vicalo. For the El Mundo Tag Team Championships, the prize, Alec Price and Edgardo Montoya defend against Bugsy Stone and Big Bear. The Test of Strength Wrestling Championship will be defended when Bobby Ocean puts the title on the line against DTF Dan Terry and his 500 followers. <laughs> 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 Bo, <laughs> Bo Douglas and Jason Rumble team up to take on the Middlesex Express. Also the first Kowalski Classic Tag Team Royale. Plus, more matches will be announced soon. Pre-sale special. Order custom tickets featuring various wrestlers on the show. Pay with cash, app, Venmo, or PayPal. $10 pre-sale, $15 at the door. Front row seats are first come, first serve. Only 150 tickets available. Contact Dante Luna or text 617-444-9196 for tickets. Make sure that to text six... a dick pic to him. Oh. <laughs> text Go. a dick pic to him. He's doing so well. I know, I know. I like to derail things. Lucky Pro Wrestling returns on Saturday. Yeah, we're trying to be professional here, Troy. Can you keep it together for me? With Homecoming Rampage from the Clinton Elks Lodge in Clinton, Massachusetts. LPW champions photo op in the ring before the show included with the price of admission. Each ticket ordered online comes with one free autograph from a past event. Tickets are available at luckyprowrestling.com slash homecoming. Tickets are $50 a piece or get a family four-pack for just $50. 
Return of the over-the-top rope Lucky Lottery Rumble. The winner will receive the Opportunity Knox contract that gives the winner a title match at any point. <laughs> so pretty much just money in the bank. Scheduled to appear LPW champion Vern Vicala with Jillian Lay. LPW Tag Team Champions, The Bitter Club. LPW Hard Knox Champion, Randy Sean. LPW Women's Champion, Adira. Makua with Brian Cairo. Alicia Edwards. Retrosexual, Anthony Green. Robbie the Giant. Shea Cash. Davey Cash. Omaha Stakes Champion, Johnny Cash. Cash, <laughs> Cash, Cash. Cash is oh no. Cash for gold. Sweat Boy, Christopher Daniels. Or Christopher James, sorry. Comfortable Boy, Chris, James Christopher. Kellen Thomas, Danica, Otis, <laughs> oh, it's Johnny Analog, and more. <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. Oh, Liberty State Wrestling and Ring of Honor star the Kingpin Brian Malonis is partnering with the Pinkerton Academy class of 2019 to bring you wrestling back to Derry, New Hampshire on Saturday night, March 30th, 2019. You'll see all the stars of Liberty State Wrestling plus some special guests. Tickets for Astromania are on sale at astromania.sw.com. General admission floor seats are $20. General admission bleachers are just 15 If you get advanced tickets, you also get in the door early on show day. So far, the announced talent is the Ring of Honor superstars, the Bouncers, the Kingpin Brian Malonis, and the Beer City Bruiser. Pinkerton Academy graduate, the unequaled one, Todd Sopel. Liberty States Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, Vern Vicala, the Mill City Hooligans, Chase Del Monte, and Byron, I'm sorry, Brian and Matt Logan, Robo the Punjabi Lion, Cam Zagami, fabulous Johnny Vegas, not America's Sweetheart, Davian, Setherin with Vanity Vixen, the Widow Belmont, Nico Silva, that guy, Scotty Slade, and many, many more. And that does it for the rundown for this Thursday, January 17th, 2019. It has been far too long since I said, Damn, pretty lady! Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Podcasts. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rundown Wrestling. Email the show your druthers via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Get on over to Instagram and like our terrible pictures at face, it's Instagram.com slash Rundown Wrestling. Leave us a voicemail at 617 617- Eight six three sixty nine sixty seven at sixty one rundown seven. <laughs> we are now on Patreon. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash rundown wrestling to become a patron. All patrons will receive early access to the shows on the rundown feed as well as original content. I will be putting out a new episode probably tomorrow of something brand fucking spanking new. Check out our website, rundownwrestling.com, for information on all of our great shows, such as the Nitromania podcast, Hurry Up and Cruise Weight, Making a Grade, NXT Revisited, ROH Dishonorable Discharge, and WrestleMania Salvation. Listen to our friends, The Kingpin, Brian Malonis, and Mike Crockett on their wrestling podcast about nothing, with new podcasts every Monday. Go to facebook.com, says the WPAN, or go to the WPAN.com. Uh, we still have no fucking clue what's going on with Tough TV, so hopefully Justin Michaels can either fill us in on that or I guess we'll I'll save some time next week. You can follow our host on Twitter at jstuart0920, at rockstartroy, at WrestlemaniaSal, at the Salzer Effect, at RealistTommy, at Making a Grade, at Fuck Me Daddy, at NitromaniaPod, at Hurry Up Cruiser, at Johnny Adlog, at Otis Dodgeverge! <laughs> Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Jason. Oh, what? Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks to Jeff. Thanks, Sal. Thanks, Troy. I I guess thanks, Jason. The fuck, dude? (laughs)
<laughs> it's too many, too many fucking zucchinis I saw. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and thanks to Sal. So oh, you guys are fucking awesome, awful. Just fucking awful people. Mm-hmm. There we are. Next week, we preview the Royal Rumble and NXT Takeover Phoenix in our usual professional manner. Correct, of course. That's the only way we do things around here. Oh, horse! I didn't even look that up. <laughs> yeah. So with that, Jason. I guess that means we'll see you next Tuesday. Thursday. Thursday. Pretty lady! You ruined your own joke. <laughs> uh, Sal, any parting words for us? Pretty lady! I just did that. Yeah. Jeff? It's the, it's the theme of the episode. Steaks and shakes and pretty lady, baby! All right. I thought you were going to do a Leo Rush. There you go. There you go. Murder my pussy without the gunshot. You shoot me on my ass crack with a cum shot. Sort my body like the lattice boy don't stop. Just cover all my gums up with a cum shot. Cum shot, cum shot. In my crotch, my crotch. Cum shot, cum shot. In my crotch, my crotch. Do anything that you say, babe. You ain't got a way, babe. Place a lot of nuttish in my mouth like a payday. There we go. There's your entrance. There's there's your exit of the episode. Best okay. Jeff ending catchphrase ever. <laughs> this has been a production of the Rundown Wrestling Network. If you're interested in having your podcast join the Rundown Wrestling Network, please email us via rundownwrestling at gmail.com for more information. Thank you for listening. If they were before, they ain't anymore. <laughs>